Hello world! The US government's illegal use of fake cell towers has just been exposed, a dark web marketplace leaks 2 million credit cards for free, and 70,000 Chick-fil-A accounts have been hacked. That's all coming up in today's roundup of cybersecurity tech news. Decoy phone towers, otherwise known as stingrays or cell site simulators, are used by government agencies to intercept cellular communications and track people's phones. When Uncle Sam boots one of these things up, all nearby mobile phones will connect to it, thinking it's some kind of legitimate cell tower, when in reality, it's a mass surveillance device that'll not only record your IMSI number, which uniquely identifies your SIM card, but also pinpoint your location, and it's thought some models can even read text messages and listen to phone calls. However, the actual functions of these devices are shrouded in secrecy because they're sold to government agencies under strict NDAs with manufacturers, so it's not like you can find a manual for these things on the open internet. In fact, if you do go googling for two popular brands, Stingray and Dirtbox, sure, you'll find a lot of articles discussing them, but there's no manufacturer website for them at all. As you can imagine, the use of these devices is somewhat controversial, not least because they entrap all phones within the device's radius, which includes innocent bystanders that have nothing to do with whatever investigation is ongoing. As such, there's some pretty strict rules surrounding their use, and so an audit was recently commissioned to make sure government agencies were playing by the rules. The report was marked as sensitive, but a redacted version has just been declassified. The audit's findings are somewhat troubling. I mean, the title of the document is quite literally, Secret Service and ICE did not always adhere to statute and policies governing use of cell site simulators. Specifically, the audit found that agencies often didn't bother to get the court orders that are legally required before deploying these things. This specifically concerns the Secret Service and Homeland Security investigations. However, in emergency circumstances, like when there's an immediate danger of death or an immediate threat to national security, agencies are allowed to use them at their discretion, so long as they get that court order within 48 hours after deployment, though the audit found that agencies didn't follow the rules in these cases either. So just how many recent investigations have utilized Stingray-like devices? Whilst it would be very interesting to know, those statistics have been redacted. What happens now? Well, the report contains six recommendations, which pretty much amounts to just telling agencies to act within the bounds of the law. There's no talk of anyone being charged for the misuse of these tools. Why that is, is out of my remit. But it might have something to do with this seemingly being a more systematic problem rather than just isolated to a mere couple of instances. Biden Cash is a dark web marketplace which sells credit card details that have been stolen from infected point-of-sale systems, skimmed from hacked e-commerce sites, or some other flavor of illegal. Being Joe Biden-themed, every time you refresh the login page, you're served one of five different Joe Bidens. And the site is of course accessible through Tor, but it's one of the few dark web marketplaces which also operates a Clearnet site. And it's surprising that they've gotten away with that for so long. Their domain, which I'm not going to let the YouTube police strike me for by showing, is hosted on Cloudflare, and it's also been indexed on Google. Other than their unconventional branding, the operators behind this site also have some strange marketing practices. To celebrate their one-year anniversary, they've just released 2 million credit cards for free, as in they've posted a download link to an almost 300 megabyte large TXT file which contains credit card numbers, expiry dates, names, CVVs, addresses, and so on. In other words, there's enough data here to commit fraud against 2 million credit cards. 
The cards are registered to people all over the world, though researchers at Cybill found them to be concentrated in the US. However, if you are curious about checking to see if these cards actually work, don't bother. Security researchers are pretty good at pouncing on this stuff as soon as it leaks. So no doubt this entire treasure trove will already have been reported to banks, rendering it useless. The operators of Binding Cash will have known this was bound to happen as soon as they made it live, but it didn't matter to them because this was less a giveaway and more some bizarre marketing strategy with the sole aim of just attracting new customers. The one thing that doesn't add up is that Biden Cash claims they released this dump to mark their one year anniversary, but the site's launched in June of last year and we're in March. Also, whilst there are indeed 2 million rows in this TXT file, it's likely a good chunk of these records are old and known by Biden Cash to be inactive, but were just included anyway in order to pump up the overall number to a spicy sounding 2 million. This is a tactic the site has used before in their previous leaks. Last October, Biden Cash leaked 1.2 million credit cards. However, researchers found that 70% of the cards had been recycled from older leaks. That being said, whilst many of the cards will be completely unusable, that doesn't stop miscreants finding other uses for this data. Many of the records include the email addresses of the card's owner, so it's likely this leak could spawn phishing campaigns, with miscreants pretending to be a victim's bank, for example, leveraging knowledge of their old credit card details in order to scam them. Chick-fil-A, America's third largest fast food chain, has suffered a breach lasting months. Now, I've never been to a Chick-fil-A before, they just don't exist here in Europe, but I've been reliably informed that if we're using McDonald's as a yardstick here, they're a good bit better. I don't mean to start an American civil war in the comments, but anyway. From late last year, there were various reports that people's Chick-fil-A accounts had somehow been hacked. The reports all followed a similar story. After hackers had compromised an account, they would deposit hundreds of dollars into it using the victim's linked credit cards. They'd then change the account's email address and password, completely locking the true owner out. After weeks of sporadic reports, Chick-fil-A posted a statement saying that whilst they were aware of suspicious activity on some of their customers' accounts, this was not due to a compromise of Chick-fil-A's internal systems. The plot thickened when security researchers caught wind of these compromised accounts being sold by cybercriminals. The price of the accounts varied based on how much money the hackers had managed to fraudulently deposit into them, but generally accounts could be bought for 5 to 10 times lower than their true value, with the miscreants conveniently linking to a Chick-fil-A menu so would-be customers could calculate how many cheeky nuggies they could buy with their ill-gotten gains. This whole saga has persisted for three months, until a few days ago when Chick-fil-A filed a breach notification, admitting that over 70,000 accounts had been breached from December to January, with what looks like full credit card details including CVVs and PINs having been accessed. However, there is some confusion here, because an attached notice from Chick-fil-A says only the last four digits of payment cards were accessible to the intruders, and I'm guessing the latter is probably correct. Chick-fil-A claims that this breach was carried out using account credentials obtained from a third-party source. So in essence, this was a credential stuffing attack, whereby miscreants had weaponized previously breached email and password combinations against people who reused the same creds across all their accounts. So Chick-fil-A was right when they said this wasn't due to a compromise of their internal systems. Hence, this isn't their fault per se, though you would have thought a spike in 70,000 accounts all trying to deposit hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, would have raised red flags a little sooner than it did. 
However, the miscreants will no doubt have employed methods to make identifying this campaign more difficult. For example, the FBI recently put out a notification warning of cybercriminals using residential proxies in credential stuffing attacks. Residential proxies are simply proxies that route traffic through a residential IP address, rather than an IP associated with a data center. This gives traffic emanating from them the appearance of coming from an actual home user, and is thus less likely to be flagged as malicious. Whilst legal residential proxy services do exist, because of how useful these things can be to cybercriminals, many of them are less than legit and are powered by botnets, harnessing the connections of hacked home computers. This video was made possible by Linode, who are giving you a $100 60-day credit just for signing up. Linode is essentially your Swiss army knife for cloud computing. If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. One great feature of Linode is their app marketplace, which makes it super easy to spin up servers with pre-configured software. Use Linode's Kali Linux app to quickly spin up a fresh instance of Kali. The installer makes it easy to configure the basics, like VNC passwords, whether you want a desktop environment, and so on. Linode can run almost anything by providing all the tools a developer really needs at competitive prices. Use the link in the description now to claim your free $100. As always, thanks for watching and I'll see you in the next video. Have a good one.